Everything is spiritual, and it's about time that we learn what it means to dig in a little deeper. I am your host, Elaine Johnston, and I created Spirituality Untamed as a way for women to unlock their spiritual liberation and divine freedom. God has gifted each one of us the ability to go deeper and tap into our higher callings. But in order to fully step outside of the boxes that have been holding us back for far too long, it's imperative that we allow our own spiritual journey to run free, wild, and untamed. In this podcast, we explore different mindset patterns, meditation practices, and the power of manifestation in order to grow into our greatest potential. Each week, we discover our own unique giftings through divine affirmations and spiritual truths as we allow ourselves to be unified in spirit. I believe that God is vast and beautiful and mysterious, and that together, we can step out of the box and into our truest selves. This is Spirituality Untamed. Are you ready to dig deeper and let your own spirituality run wild? Hello and welcome to the Spirituality Untamed podcast. I'm your host, Elaine Johnston, and you are in for a special treat today. I am introducing our very first ever interview on this podcast. I am so excited to get to share with you this wonderful conversation with one of my favorite human beings and dear friend and host of the BSD Talks, Katie Harrell. Katie, how are you? Hey, girl. I'm lovely. How are you? I am great. So before we dive into all things spirituality, self-awareness, all of that fun stuff, if you could just share with the audience a little bit about who you are, where you're from, maybe your background, and what you're currently working on. Yes. My name is, like Elaine said, Katie Harrell. And right now, I am running multiple franchises for a supplement company. But I also host a podcast called The BS Detox. Um, it's more of a passion hobby podcast, so I don't have like up, uploading episodes every every week or anything like that, but it's just a fun project for me. Um, and right now in the world, my husband and I are working on short-term rentals. So we just bought our first rental in Gatlinburg. And you know, something that's really exciting about this whole process is understanding that we have the ability to create and shape people's memories and life and so when you have a place where somebody can come and gather and create memories i never realized how special that would be but it's been really special and rewarding and working on that over the past couple well really this last year has been amazing and with this podcast elaine spiritually untamed as you know because we're great friends um i love all things spirituality Um, and so it's just really exciting to be here with you Yeah, awesome. So with that new venture, how is it navigating like with this year with everything COVID related, but also going through a new, completely new process for you? How's that been? Girl, let's be honest, this year has been tough. And you want to know something that's really huge and that I've learned is that we put so much focus on having to be in this amazing, immaculate state to make things happen in the world. And what this year has taught me is that that's just not true. Mm -hmm. I have really struggled with mental health this year, as I'm sure most people
people have, not only with the pandemic and elections, but everything that's been happening in this world, it's in, it's so hard to not be heartbroken or to be struggling with anxiety or panic attacks. And with this venture this year, it's taught me that we can create from a place of sadness. And I know that people aren't going to agree with that because, you know, every guru and self-help junkie, including myself, because yep. I love it all. You know, I love a good Tony Robbins book, mm-hmm. <laughs> all, all the people. And the truth is we can create from a hard place. And that I think that when we create from a place of truth and maybe fear or a little anxiety, like that is also God's presence in our life mm-hmm. in a way that we're just not used to the media or people portraying it as. So yeah, with this year learning that we can create from a place of of darkness or sadness and that it can it can happen for us. Yeah, and I honestly feel like some of our best work comes from those deep and dark places that we find ourselves in. And honestly, just with 2020 in general, everything that has happened this year, good and bad, I just I feel like a lot of people are going to seize the opportunity or have seized the opportunity now that we're at the end of the year um, with creating things from those beautiful but dark places as well. And honestly, that's something that I have really recognized as well this year is one of two things. One, like admitting like, hey, today sucks or today's a hard day or it's been a hard year. And like, I don't feel right. Like mentally, I'm having an off day. Emotionally, I'm just not there. Physically, like I don't want to work out. I don't want to take care of my body. But also recognizing like once sitting with that and sitting with those emotions and like recognizing like you're valid in that. And that's a human emotion, like having like being anxious or stressed or tense or whatever. Those are human emotions. They may not be fun or enjoyable, but (laughs) we do learn a lot from that. And also with that learning of accepting that, but not staying in that mindset of letting things come to you, but also like, what can we learn from this? How can we grow from this situation? And I feel like mental health is such a big thing this year that people are talking about of saying like, I mean, the truth is a lot of people who are having like these mental health issues, we're already having some of these issues, but being in isolation or having to quarantine and not being around people physically, I feel like has just brought in this new set of issues or allowing people to sit with that for the first time of recognizing, oh wait, like I do feel lonely. I I do feel like not all the way there today. Like I do feel emotionally heavy. And I feel like just this year has just been a wake up call for a lot of people of recognizing like, I need to be taking care of myself and not just physically, not just mentally, but like spiritually as well. And that's kind of why like I transitioned into this whole new version of this podcast was because I felt like a lot of us are just now finding that freedom in that of accepting ourselves as who we are. And so I know you had said that like this year has been really hard for you mentally. Are there any practices that you have, any new practices that you've set in or anything that you've continued to do that's really helped you expand your mind, expand your heart, and really just like allowed you to sit with those things? Yes. And first off to what you were saying, I just want to say I cannot agree more with you. And I really loved watching you this year grow into the girl that I know personally and taking these big steps to really following that. It's so huge. And that's amazing. Um, Yeah. 
so spiritual practices, I'm always trying new things, but two that are very steadfast in my life are meditation and tarot reading. Um, I started reading tarot, uh, I don't know, about, I guess it was like a year and a half ago. Um, and I don't read for people. It's just something I do for myself, but those have been really healing for me. Um, meditation is really important because it, it forces you to sit with yourself on the daily. And I think what's been happening collectively on our planet is that we've had this quarantine and people have had to sit with themselves. So we've had this like essentially collective meditation that we're, we were, we didn't even realize that's what was happening unless we were paying attention to it. Um, so yeah, it's reading tarot, meditation, working out, um, making sure that I'm eating healthy foods and taking care of my body. That is so important. But I also want to mention that it always hasn't been eating healthy foods and taking care of my body this year either. Um, it's been a lot of trial and error and just trying to come home mm -hmm. to yourself. Yeah. But yeah, those are my two favorite, my two favorite. Yeah, I love that. I know you had said that you just got it into tarot within the last couple of years. Has meditation always been that groundwork for you or, or is this something new that you've kind of experienced within the last few years? Like, have you had... Um, was there ever like a shift of like, wow, I need to go deeper or has that always been inside of you? Oh, girl, no, there's definitely a shift. I mean, I know you know this, but for your audience, I grew up and I was extremely obese and overweight and I've always struggled with mental health issues and I was diagnosed with OCD at a young age. Um, and so I struggled a lot from a really young age and I got on this weight loss journey, lost a lot of weight, and then I kind of lost myself in that process because I finally was pretty by societal standards, right? And um, I was getting different attention and there was a lot of different temptations in my life that I definitely jumped into. And so I kind of lost myself a little bit. Um, and it wasn't really until I got into my 20s when I realized, oh my gosh, you know, not that it's bad to experience life and to try things when you're young, but that I was never true to myself. And so there was a turning point and turning into realizing that I needed to be a kinder, more like wholesome person um, because I was kind of running from the young girl inside of me and I wanted to return home to her. And so that was really the transition that occurred through that whole journey of weight loss and kind of getting a little crazy um, when I was younger and coming home. And so meditation was that point of, the breaking point of I need to I need to go deeper within and it really taught me um, well the first year was really hard but um, through the first year it taught me a discipline beyond even working out beyond eating healthy it taught me discipline to sit with myself um, so yeah there was absolutely a point where I had to be that I had to go deeper and meditation definitely helped me get there that's awesome and that's something that I can kind of relate to as well because this year like I really just started meditating and normally my form of meditation was journaling just like sitting with my thoughts and like just writing them out and like that's totally okay like but I really wanted to start the practice of just like sitting in silence and like I'm okay with that but like really just like not moving my body and just really being in the present being aware of my circumstances how I feel about things how other people feel about things and just something that I have really had to learn this year is not to take things personally and me being a very emotional and sensitive in tune type of person that's really hard for me is to not take things personally and especially whenever ha whenever there are people who have like 
different spiritual mindsets or, or different things, different practices. And learning that just because like something does or doesn't speak truth to me doesn't mean that it does or doesn't speak truth to somebody else and like learning how to accept that and so something that i've really been trying to embrace with this podcast this new like brand this new shift of my own mindset is stepping away from societal standards stepping away and outside of religious standards and not feeling like you have to be boxed in not feeling like there has to be like there is a difference between like healthy boundaries, but there's a lot of like boundary that is unhealthy and that whether we put that on ourselves or other people put that on ourselves. And so that's something that I've really been wanting to explore of what does it mean to have a free, wild and untamed spirituality? And did you have you read um, Untamed by Glennon Doyle? I actually haven't, no. So it was a game changer for me, honestly. Like it is in my top 10 favorite books, if not top five. And um, it's basically that, that's kind of what led me on this journey of like shifting where I feel like I'm leading. And her first chapter was about a cheetah. And I love cheetah print, but also like the deeper embodiment of being free. And it was basically about her encounter of a cheetah that she saw at the zoo and how like this beautiful creature was trapped, like there was trapped within the confines of the zoo. And even though the zoo was um, particularly like caring and and not um, unethical towards the animals, there was still this boundary of the cheetah couldn't be free. It couldn't be wild. It couldn't be untamed. It couldn't tap into that. And so I'm curious as to what that means for you. What does it mean to live a untamed spirituality and stepping outside of religious boxes or societal boxes? Oh, that, oh, that sounds, I need to read that book. That sounds amazing. I think that due to my personal experience, and I know the experience of a lot of people that I know with churches and the indoctrination of church and what that really does represent, being spiritually free is giving your, in my opinion, is giving yourself permission to pursue yourself fully without those bars like you were talking about, without feeling so confined by specific boundaries, rules that are laid out within church culture. Um, More often than not, we see so many people who are terrified of God, terrified of like true love because we've been taught that. And I don't know about you, but where I went to church, I went to a big mega church when I was young. So gotta love a big mega church. But um, we always went to this, every, every Halloween, we went to this place called the Hell House. And I'm not sure if your church had something like this, but it was, you walk into this big abandoned warehouse and there's, there's these two storylines. And one is a story of a girl who reads her Bible and is good in church and is nice. And then she goes to heaven. And the other one is of a girl who, or a boy, I can't remember, but who um, has a drink with his friends at a high school party and dies in a car accident and goes to hell. And so you literally physically walk through hell. um, And it's terrifying to 12 and 13 year olds, like who thought of this? But the indoctrination of fear is terrifying. And you can control anybody through fear if you think about it. I mean, um, obviously, this pandemic is incredibly real. (laughs) And we have to wear a mask and we have to be careful. But also, there's so much fear around it. And what I mean by that is that people don't even want to talk, like they don't even want to talk to people if they're out. They don't even want to wave, which again, keep your distance, be safe, but there's so much fear around it. 
And that's what's happening in the church that I see a lot of the times and, and through my experiences, everything was so fear-based of if you're not a perfect Christian, you're going to go to hell and you're going to burn forever. And as I've grown into who I am now, I just believe that hell is, is a construct that it's not just it's not just this burning pit of fire. I think that we can create hell within ourselves on a daily basis. Um, and we can also create heaven within ourselves on a daily basis. And I think that God gives us that grace. And so being untamed spiritually is giving yourself full permission to chase the wild desires that are on your heart as long as they're for your highest good, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we can do self-destructive things. But when we are like chasing love and joy and kindness and genuinely in our souls feel that we want to bring something big and beautiful into the world, that is God's love. And that is being untamed. And we should be proud of that. And we should chase that and not allow other people's opinions or the church's opinion stop us as long as it's in love, right? Yeah. I love what you said about it being in your higher good. And I feel like with the name un- or, or with the term untamed there it's kind of twofold of like oh like so you are just boundless and like anything goes and it's like well not necessarily like that's not necessarily what that looks like it's pursuing those things in things in that that spark love that spark joy like what you were saying like kindness and and for the greater good of yourself but also the greater good of other people yeah and Um, Also, what you were saying about the Hell House, my church, I grew up in like a Southern Baptist church and it was a big church. It wasn't a mega church. And we didn't necessarily have anything like that. But one of the local churches did. And it was called the 99. And it was very similar in that. And and so like the first room, it was like a car wreck because of drunk driving. The next one was like somebody had committed suicide. And so it was like all these rooms. And then the last room was hell of like if you pursued that life and everything. And then after the end, it like had, there was this open room where like you could go pray with people and you could get saved and like sign this card of like, I'm like, you know, God leaves the 99. I'm the one that he's chasing and everything. And I took one of my friends with this, like, we didn't know what to expect. We were like, because it was around Halloween. And so we're like, oh, this is just a spooky house, whatever. And we went to it. And I remember, so she um, grew up with a Catholic background. And I remember like leaving, I was like, oh, so like, how did you enjoy it? And she's like, I didn't. It was very fearful. And which is funny because like it was around Halloween. So that was technically the point was to be scared, but not in that type of way, not in a spiritual type of way. And she was saying like, I just felt like I was being forced to say like, I'm a Christian or I was forced to live this lifestyle. And if I didn't, then my life would automatically, like I would automatically go to hell. I'm automatically a bad person. And ever since she stuck, or ever since she said that, like I was 16 when that happened, but it's it stuck with me for years after that of like, wow, like there is so much fear in that. And like, especially something that I have recognized this year is I have had a lot of conversations with people who are especially walking away from church this year and walking through deconstruction. And I feel like just everything that is 2020 has a lot to do with that because people are being more isolated and being more quarantined. And I feel like because of that, earlier I was talking about like this awakening that people are being um, more aware of. And I feel like whenever like you are having to quarantine and like you're not at church, you're not at typical church every single week, you start to Uh, sit with yourself and then you start to like recognize like wow that's toxic wow that's bad wow that's fearful wow like I don't want anything 
to do with that, especially within the last couple of months with elections and everything. And just so many people are like, I don't want that. I've been taught that this was a life of freedom, but it doesn't feel free to me. And it's like, what what does that look like? What does freedom look like? And so I completely understand like what you're saying with that and completely agree with being able to find those things that that speak that higher good and chasing after that higher good with that. And so my question is, what does that look like on a daily basis? How do you just like wake up one day and say, oh, I'm going to meditate and everything's going to be like, I'm going to tap into this deeper knowing, like how, what are some like basic baby steps leading toward those revelations? Well, I think one really important one that you're even sort of touching on just a second ago is you have to, you really have to do some self-work first before you even feel compelled or have a desire to want to sit with yourself further, right? So realizing the way, all the ways in your life that you've been emotionally manipulated and church is a great place, actually. They, they have like figured that out. And what I mean by that, and I don't want to make people angry because I know that's like a very mm-hmm. big trigger when you say things like that. But let me explain, you know, let's just talk about the Hill Houses since we've been talking about that. Um, that is an emotionally charged way to trigger people into a state of fear. I think a lot of people would say it's from a place of love because they want people to not go to hell. But the truth is, Anything that is so dark and damp and scary, of course, is going gonna, is gonna to align with fear, not love. And we have to constantly test that within ourselves because there's also emotional manipulation in self-help where, hey, you got to be so fun. Like, you could be so happy and so good. And I don't know about you, but I've been to a Tony Robbins event and that man can change the energy in a room. And the difference is that you like feel in a place of love. But it is also this mastery of energy. It's understanding this energy that is all around us and how we can basically alchemize that, right? And so churches sometimes do it in a, in a way of fear. And then you have the other extreme of like self-help where it's like, if you're sad, there's something wrong with you. Um, if your life is so great, like why could you be sad? Because you should only be happy and you should only live in this emotion. And so I think in order to get to a place where you're truly genuinely within yourself, feeling joyful and and have the desire to really learn more about yourself, you have to really look at these two type of extremes in our own lives and look at the ways that we manipulate ourselves, the way that we have accepted manipulation in our society and how that form of thinking and that way of thinking has actually seeped into our everyday and how that keeps us away from these beautiful experiences like meditation. You know, one of the biggest things that I hear from people are, I don't, um, I can't meditate. I, I don't like it. I'm too busy. There's a lot going on, you know, in the world. And don't get me wrong. Like meditation is not everybody's cup of tea. It's not everybody's way to drop in or connect. And that's totally okay. But the, the real, what we're really saying when we say I don't want to meditate is it's like, I haven't spent enough time figuring out why I don't want to meditate. I haven't spent enough time with myself realizing like, huh, I, I'm really struggling. There's a lot of these issues that I have to uncover first because you don't just jump on a meditation pillow and all of a sudden feel amazing and uncover all that. Kind of like this whole journey to it. And so um, to wake up and and to do something that you love, it really is just life's journey of self-exploration and learning who you are, but even more importantly, like learning who you're not. Because a lot of the times, 
We're trying to fit this mold, whatever that looks like. And I'm guilty of it too. My goodness, I'm guilty of it. Where you want to put on this persona of always being happy and kind. And we are kind, happy people. But some days you just want to, you know, not be happy. And some days you just want to not be this perfect, nice person. Because you know what? We're all dealing with our own demons too. And so I think the more that we really sit and, and think, just give ourselves time to think. You don't have to meditate, but do the dishes while you're cooking, whatever it is, and allow yourself to like really absorb what's happening in your environment and what is affecting you positively and negatively. Because just like that whole saying of the, is it the frog in the water? If the water heats up, like, you know, it'll die. But like we accept so much pain and suffering in our life on a daily basis because we do not pay attention. And we accept so much abuse from people on a daily basis because we don't pay attention. And the way our society has been set up, it kind of counts on that. You know, when we look at um, how we spend our money, what schools we go to, um, what we read, what we buy. So we have to really pay attention to all these different little things in our lives. And that can seem overwhelming, but the truth is like, that is the, that is the work, right? Like that's the start of the work where you wake up and then you really enjoy a practice. Yeah, it's definitely a daily process and something like I I had mentioned earlier about like not taking things personally, but also on a level of like, I can judge myself. It's, It's not just other people that I'm like, oh, why would you do it that way or whatever? It's like I, because of that like judgment, if I catch myself doing something that's like out of the ordinary or new for me, like I tend to judge myself of like, oh, I can't do that. I can't pursue that or that that's wrong. And it's like, what does that mean? Like, why is it wrong to explore new things? Why is it wrong to have that inner knowing of yourself and those around you? And so that's something that I'm definitely having to work on of, of like exploring meditation or like these quote sacrilegious type things of like, wait, there's no judgment in that. There's no fear in that. And the moment that you have that judgment or that shame or that fear, it's like, okay, why do I feel this way? Is it because like of the society or is it because of religious uh, religion um, or is it other things? Like, is it people in my life, my relationships, or do I just have like this look on myself? Like, where is this coming from? And being aware of like, what voices am I allowing in my atmosphere and in my environment? What am I tapping into? And what am I allowing myself to listen to? And I feel like, yeah, it's definitely a daily process and that we shouldn't judge ourselves for those things. Essentially, we shouldn't judge ourselves for having a bad day. Like we shouldn't judge ourselves of like, oh, we didn't work out today. Like we need to like hate ourselves. And it's like, actually, no, like love yourself, embrace yourself, like recognize like, why did you have a bad day? And that you're human, like that happens. Like, and I feel like that's where you can get into like the toxic positivity and like not everything is great all the time. And it's like that, and and kind of what you were saying about earlier um, in the conversation of like, this year has been a year of like exploring that for you and what that looks like and trying new things and being okay with like, hey, like, this feels really heavy right now. I, I feel like I'm in a dark place right now, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. I'm going to tap into that because what is on the other side of that? What can I create from that? And I just feel like there's so much beauty in that and there's so much excitement in being able to tap into that for ourselves and recognize like, hey, it may feel, it may feel heavy and dark right now, but it's not always going to feel that way. But also to not 
pretend that everything is fine all the time and that everything is perfect and that we have our lives figured out because none of us do. (laughs) None of us have all the answers and especially not every single day. Like we're never going to be on our quote a game every single day. And so just like embracing that, I feel like is just, there's so much beauty in that. And it's such a hard balance, right? Like the whole idea of like, when are we supposed to show those emotions? And then why do we feel so bad for showing them? You know, like with your friends, I know that I have a lot of um, safety in my marriage. And so my husband gets all of the, all of the emotions that the whole world doesn't really get to see. And one thing I was actually thinking about last night, because we actually were up a little late talking about some things. And I was thinking like, wow, why is it so difficult for me to reach out to my girlfriends or to talk to other people about like where, what you're feeling? And, and in my mind, the first thought that always comes through, which is what we have to fight against, right, is the idea of like, I don't want to hurt or impose my hardness or my bad day on another person because they might be having the best day of their life. And I don't want my energy field to, to affect them negatively. And that's also in itself really sad because that teaches us that individually that what other people are feeling will always be more important than what you're feeling, whether it's happy or sad. And we get into this rut of it, you know, of like, oh, I can't actually talk to that person. Um, That's one thing I love about you is, you know, we'll we'll reach out every, if we have something really tough that we're struggling with, we'll shoot each other a text message and battle it out and figure it out. And that's one thing you've created that safe place for me as well, which I just want to say I really appreciate because it's pretty rare in friendships and with people to be able to be like your full, honest, scared out of your mind self. Um, but yeah, I think that that weird thing that we've been taught, that overarching ideology kind of keeps us from, from being ourselves too. Yeah. And I feel like there's this weird perspective of like spirituality in itself of of like oh like I'm gonna buy all the crystals and all the incense and everything's just gonna I'm gonna surround myself with like positivity and everything it's like actually no it's it's about tapping into those things and dealing with those things and I also just completely like thank you for those kind words because I tell my husband all the time I'm like I'm married to you so like you have to listen to me share my things like that's just kind of came with it Um, but yeah, like I have a hard time sharing my emotions and feelings, especially in the online world. And especially right now when like you can't physically be with somebody. And so like, how else are you going to tell somebody, you know, Hey, like I have these certain feelings and I, I also like think about like, should I share my feelings after I've gone through something? And like, this is what I learned from it. And this is how I can help you. Or do I like say I'm sitting with this and I don't know what to do, but like, I want to open the conversation for other people. And so like, I'm very grateful for you and that because I, 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 you've cultivated that safe place for me as well. And like, I'm just so thankful for just the friendship that we have and the conversation and being able to share with this, share this conversation specifically with other women and even men who listen to the show, but uh, primarily like having those friendships in that community, because I feel like that is accountability for that of like, hey, like, are you having a bad day? Tell me because I need to know, like, you need to like physically say that or that's going to be trapped in your body. Like those negative emotions are going to be trapped and like you can't heal if you don't deal with it. Like you can't find freedom if you don't like first accept like, hey, like this is where I'm at. And even in a good way of like, if you don't share that joy and that love with other people, like if they're struggling, 
how are they going to see that joy and love and healing? And so like, yeah, I'm just thankful for you because I know how hard it is to find that community and to find people who maybe not necessarily like are on the same, like share exactly the same mindset, but the heart set on things of like being able to talk about these things without that shame and without that judgment, especially because we shame ourselves for these things. And so like, of course, it's going to be hard to do that with other people. Yeah. And you know, what's crazy too is like, I think that sometimes we unintentionally like hurt people that we love because we don't tell them every, like the details of our lives um, or, or something that's happening or that's going on. Right. Like think of all the times that we try to like carry things on our own and because of carrying it on our own, we end up actually hurting somebody else or not wanting to inconvenience somebody. Um, and then you end up hurting them because they just wanted to be a part of something with you and you don't even recognize it. So I think that these are all things to learn from and to have so much empathy and, and kindness towards, but it is hard. And, um, and it's something that you have to kind of practice every day because the truth is it's not easy when you're sitting in an emotion um, to send the message to somebody. But I also think it's important to share with trusted people as well, right? Like you were talking about online. I, in my personal opinion, I think that you can deal with your emotions and those hard things with your trusted circle. And then you share your successes online because I think it's so difficult when people get online and they're in this like really hard place. You can find a lot of support, which is amazing. But also I think that I don't know how much it actually helps us individually because I know that if I've shared things a little too early with people, um, like online or not like a close knit group, I feel like super hungover and vulnerable for like a couple of days. And I'm like, oh my God, Katie. And then I'm like in my head about why would you tell people that? Or, oh my God, did you really say that on your podcast? Like, why would you say that? Like, that's a really you should delete that episode. And then you have this. And so that's not healthy either. So finding that like intricate dance to do um, and finding the right people to do it with. Because I know that for me, I can come to you and I, I can know whether you're in a good mood, a bad mood, a happy mood, whatever it is, that you're going to be there and, and answer honestly, right? And I think finding people like that in your life is really important because I have not come to you with all the kindness and joy and I've had some tough stuff, you know? So I think that um, you're so right that group is so important. And I also feel like <clears throat> sharing things like either too early or in or even not in the right setting online can also trap you in feeling that way. Can also trap you in that of like there there is that level of support from other people on the other side of uh, social media, but there's also of like it can also be damaging if you don't do it in a healthy way where you, where you do have the healthy boundary of you can stay in that hurt. You can stay in that because you have all these people saying, oh yeah, this happened to me. And it just fuels that anger and it fuels that um, stuff is because you don't have those healthy and safe relationships with those people. It's just random strangers, you know, sharing their crap with the world. And like, there's beauty in that, but there's also something sacred of being able to say like, I have my core people or I have my core person, like either it's my husband or my best friend or like a close knit group, wherever you find that, like being able to say like, I can share this whole part of me and then being able to like find the accountability and being able to find the healthy version of that to help the greater good online. And so I feel like there is, like you said, there is that balance of like, I, you know, I, I need to be careful with how I go about it with people I don't have that relationship with, but I also need to know that like I can be 
my full self with the people that I do trust around me. And so I, I, I just feel like that's an important thing for women to have. Absolutely. And we need, we need more of that too, because I think we, we have like these insane standards for women, right? Like they are so insane. And I don't know if you've ever seen like the thing where it's like, where have you seen the bar for men? Like, have you seen the bar for men and where it starts, you know, and women and not making a bad comparison. I men are amazing. I have an amazing husband. There's really good people, very good men in the world, but the bar for women, it feels like it's so high and so unattainable and we're taught it from a really young age. So it makes it even harder to be genuine in your friendships because we've been indoctrinated to, into the society from such a little like wee lad, you know, with you gotta look pretty, you gotta wear makeup, you gotta have dresses, you gotta have, you gotta be like kind and nice and make dinner and like all these things that are put on us that if we don't fill that role, we feel less than. Um, and having women that truly support other women and realizing like, mm, yeah, we're gonna, we're flawed. We're going to hurt each other's feelings sometimes. Um, and things aren't always going to work out the way that we want them mentally. We're all dealing with things, but to be there anyways, and, and to be a, a sounding board and kind anyway. So women need it. Absolutely. So what advice would you give women in pursuing, whether even it's just the spiritual side or the emotional side or even finding that community? What, did, what advice, any resources, tools that you would point women in the right direction for that? First of all, I would say really get connected with yourself and trust your gut. You know, you, when you find your people, you know that they're your people. When you walk in a room and you sit with them, you, your, your body tells you a story, right? And so learning to trust our guts as women, I think is really important. And that's going to help you find your tribe and the people that you can really trust because we've all experienced being around other women um, and like we're, something's not sitting right. And now I will say sometimes that's our own judgments on ourselves and other things. But the more that you really get connected with yourself, the more you know with yourself, the more that you know, hey, this is a really good gut feeling and I really trust these women or no, this is just not good for my soul. And you can kind of differentiate the two um, that I think reading is so, so important. I love I know like you're like saying specifically for women, but I really love like uh, Tim Ferriss, Timothy Ferriss, mentors. I really love all of his work um, because one thing that's really important to understand is that like everybody is facing things on such a different level, but he brings mental health and mental wellness into things in such a beautiful way. And the way that he talks with individuals, so I recommend his podcast, but definitely his book, Tribe of Mentors, because you're literally um, listening, not listening, you're reading all of these incredible like people who've done big things in the world and how differently they answer the same questions, men and women um, battling through, you know, disease, mental health, all this stuff. And so I think that um, getting yourself a good like mentor tribe is great. And that is actually a book that's really helpful. Um, and kind of starting that process. If you're like, I have no idea where to even start. How do I find friends? Like, oh, this sounds great, but what? Start with Tribe of Mentors or a book like it, something similar. I know a lot of people love like Rachel Hollis. I love her work. I love Gabby Bernstein, um, The Universe Has Your Backs. And one of my favorite books is actually The Judgment Detox. This is really helpful for women. Um, the Judgment Detox by Gabby Bernstein because it literally forces us to look at our judgments and why we judge people. I think that when we can understand why we judge other women and why we judge other people in general, that then we're a little more secure in who we are and can say, oh, that's that. 
you know, and then we can show up more fully and loving to the women and people in our lives. So in order, probably the judgment detox actually by Gabby Bernstein's and then tribe of mentors for good resources for women to get started. I was gonna say, I feel like I need to go like purchase that book right now because I'm like, that is something that I really need to like learn. So thank you for sharing that. Um, And thank you for hanging out with me today and just being our very first interview. I'm just so excited to share this conversation. Where can people find you online? Yes, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, all at Katie Harrell, K-A-T-I-E-H-E-R-R-E-L. And then on TikTok, the BS Detox. Yeah. And then you can find my podcast on um, iTunes called the BS Detox. Awesome. Of course, all that will be linked in the show notes below. Is there anything that you would like to share before we end this conversation? I want anybody that's listening to know that whatever path or whatever journey that you're on, that it's literally meant for you and that you're strong enough to get through it and that you have every ounce of everything you need, like literally sitting inside your heart. And if you chase that, like you're set. You are set. Absolutely love that. Thank you, Katie, for hanging out with me this week. Thank you, Elaine. Thanks for joining me this week on Spirituality Untamed. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit that subscribe button and leave an honest review of the show. Your feedback is greatly appreciated as it helps future listeners dig deeper into their own spiritual journey. If you want to dig deeper within your own spiritual journey and link arms with other women as we dive into our higher selves, then I have news for you. Just head on over to the Spirituality Untamed community on Facebook and click to join. I also produce another show alongside my husband. The Reckless Pursuit is a safe place where Christians can ask unsafe questions, where we discuss various issues such as deconstruction, questioning beliefs, and dealing with religious trauma. If you would like to join in on the conversation, then join us over at Nomads, a safe community to ask unsafe questions. Of course, any of the resources mentioned in this week's episode, as well as information on the show and our Facebook community can be found in the show notes below. Again, thanks for hanging out with me this week. And until next time, don't forget to dig in a little deeper today.